1: Happy Saturday, everyone, and thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Y'all all know the drill. Put down five bucks, get $150 in free plays if you bet on any of these NBA games, and you're a new customer. All right, I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach and talk about the last four athletic directors here at the U of A. And just kind of the John Schuster lived... Two of these very much. Translation, he's old. He's old, but you know what? But these were also two, especially the first one. This was a good era to live through. Cedric Dempsey. Now, just looking at some of the hires that Cedric Dempsey has made. He hired Lute Olson. He hired Dick Tomey. I don't believe... he Did he hire Mike Andrea? Yeah, I
0: think yeah, so. Yeah, he hired
1: Mike Andrea. Yeah. He, I don't believe... He didn't hire Jerry Kendall. That was a Correct. Yeah. 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 So you hired... The best football coach in school history, mm-hmm. by a good percentage. Obviously the best basketball coach. And, oh, by the way, the best softball coach in right. softball history.
0: And I think uh, I think he hired Dave Rubio as well, who's still on the program. What made... And that's and that, so. So you're talking about a guy who was here what 30 years ago, right? Uh, who right. and there's still somebody on the staff who he hired, right? Which what, is what kind ma- of interesting in and of itself. A lot of those pe- people stayed here a long time. What made him? I mean, because this is all time type stuff, right? It's, here, it, we're talking it, it certainly about here. changed the dynamic of what Arizona Athletics right. was. Yeah, and 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 I think there was a combination. And this is one of those things where, as a manager, you have to have a good eye for talent and. How to cultivate that talent and make it work. Okay. And that was, I think, what, that, that was, I think, Dempsey's uh, skill set. Dempsey wasn't a huggy feely, necessarily family based. Did you ever talk with era. him one A little bit. Okay. Yeah. A gotcha. little bit. Gotcha. Uh, uh, he wasn't, you know, he was very businesslike. Mm. There was a lot of by the book with, uh, you know, whatever by the book means. I mean, there was a, what you'd expect a manager to be is, is a manager. He didn't necessarily say hi to everybody every day. Right. Okay. I bring this up because we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, <clears throat> but I think as a as an overall individual who understood the nuances of what it took to build an athletic program and recognized what he wanted to get out of the uh, hires that he made, right. uh, you know, he he found something in the people he interviewed. Right. Uh, had a good idea as far as overall scouting was concerned, and managed to cultivate that within the university. And clearly, it was successful. So successful that that eventually the NCAA wanted to promote him. Correct. And did. Yeah, and did and did and yes. did. So and and he was very good in that role as well. So what? May, now let's talk <clears throat> about let's talk about the
1: Olsen hire because that I mean. There will never be. Lud Olson is the most impactful hire, obviously, in university history. You could make the case that Lud Olson might be the most impactful hire in Tucson history, yes, period. Yes, it, w- so, it is. Yeah, for it sure. Is. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Cedric Dempsey first hires Ben Lindsay, who is a Division II All American coach at uh, Grand Canyon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comes into Arizona, uh, goes 4 and 24, doesn't uh, endear himself to people along the way and is within one year he is out lute Olson is in here's my question lute Olson is in iowa at the time and lute Olson is has a program that's at a top 15 level he's made a final four i think they're coming off a sweet 16. you know they're not duke or carolina Later on, but they're good. How was
0: he able to lure him? Because this is something that every athletic director should try to. And out. I think that is probably the skill set that I overlooked when I was d- d- discussing his managerial skills. That Dempsey had to be a good salesperson about what the university ultimately was and what potential it had. And he had to be persistent. And with Olsen, that persistence came into play because, remember, he didn't go after Olsen once. He went after Olsen twice. Mm-hmm. Hiring him was the second time. He wanted Olsen the year before, and Olsen turned him down to mm-hmm. stay at Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's why Lindsey was not set first, Dempsey's first choice. Right, right. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of this gets interesting, too, because uh, whereas Dempsey made a bad hire with Lindsay who was a follow up choice he made a pretty good hire with Tommy who also wasn't his first choice mm-hmm. uh, so that one worked out reasonably well and maybe he learned a, maybe it was luck or maybe he learned a little bit from the way the demps uh, from the the way the Lindsay thing was right. ha- handled when he ultimately went after uh Tommy mm-hmm. uh, who again was not the first choice there but with Olsen he stuck with it and stuck with it he and able convinced to sell him. him the second time Well around? Olsen and tell me the story. You, you tell me the story you told. I think it was Arizona and Texas. That's correct. Yeah, go yes. ahead. Tell me that Olsen story. Olson believed that, and and Dempsey may have had a lot to do with this. And, and we use this term jokingly in regards to ASU football. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. But sleeping um, giant. yes, the sleeping giant term. But Olson believed that there were two programs because of the way the population was shifting, because of other aspects that were taking place. The eventual move for Arizona uh, getting its feet comfortable in a larger conference, potentially being the only game in town. Uh, A lot of dynamics about Tucson intrigued Olson, and he viewed the University of Arizona and the University of Texas as sleeping giant jobs in basketball, as places that he could go and succeed, as programs that with the right person could succeed favorably at a very high level. And Dempsey was able to convince him about the Arizona job, and after thinking about it for a year, I think Olson got to the point where he recognized that he'd probably topped out yeah, at Iowa. Iowa right. He could be competitive at Iowa. But he could be very good at Iowa. Right. Yeah, and but he, he and could, he was, and he right? was. But he believed he could be great at Arizona, and it was an opportunity to really change the dynamic of an entire community at a time when there were transitional elements taking place in a large conference and 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 you know you're at UCLA's trying to find its footing at this stage you know there isn't why was is it, Oregon why state was, really going to be Arizona, the dominant program I'll, for but, a long period stop you right of time right there sure, why
1: please. was Arizona more attractive than Arizona state it's an
0: interesting question because Arizona think, state
1: had had really good recent success obviously that
0: coach still wasn't there and wasn't there i um, i i i think the thought in olson's mind was that and it's interesting because Texas falls into this category, too, is that ASU was not a basketball-first school. Mm-hmm. Frank Cush had made yeah. ASU a right. football coach right. first and, and, and ASU school. was
1: legitimately good in football. Legitimately then, not like, good Not in football. like it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and, 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 and so I think that played on—the other thing that I think Olson recognized is the size of Phoenix versus the size of Tucson. That there was an eventuality. Consider Olsen came here in 84. Right. Okay. The Cardinals mm-hmm. came into town in 87. Right. The Suns were already established as a professional so team. So you could see that So Phoenix where that is was a, headed. You're fighting, and, and maybe this is why he liked Austin as opposed to Tempe. Uh, in, in in this regard, Austin, Austin's a college town that's not going to get a pro sports team right. in the near future. Tucson is a college town that isn't going to get a pro Ever. sports team in the near future. Right. You know, whatever the near future is, mm-hmm. you know. But what about Phoenix? Right. Phoenix is growing like crazy. They've already got the Suns. They've been bantied about uh, for maybe the NFL. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to be before other sports realize that there's a population growth in Phoenix that maybe doesn't right. apply in Tucson. So you can be in Tucson the only game in town. Right. And I, I think Olson calculated that. It's probable that Dempsey and, he and him had a lot of discussions in regards to that. And the job uh, became appealing and obviously was great news for Dempsey. Great news for Lou Dolson and phenomenal news for Arizona and Tucson as a whole. All right. Something else that's phenomenal is the DraftKings Sportsbook
1: app, code word PHNX. You put in five bucks, you get $150 in free plays. Go against what Mike Luke and John Schuster think. We were talking earlier. I like the Dallas, or the, excuse me, uh, Phoenix Suns to win this uh, game three easily. Right now, the Dallas Mavericks are up big time. 21 and up, Arizona only. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 next step. All right. So. Cedric Dempsey is certainly a guy that is at the and like you said the NCAA hired him for mm-hmm. a reason. He brings in Let's talk briefly and then I want to get to Jim Lively. Okay. But then so Mike Candrea and Mike Candrea and Dick Tomey, I think the bold, the commonality that all of those three have Is that they were all here a long time? That's correct. By uh, by any Mm -hmm. by any by any measure of your professional career, did he look at these guys and say these are? I mean, because and and let's be a little let's be honest here. Lute Olsen came in with a far more advanced. uh, um,
0: Yeah, Olson was appealing. Nobody knows about Candrea because women's softball is a is is. Apologies for right. women's softball fan, a relative non-entity on the national stage. Right. Okay. Um, it is a non-revenue program. Correct. Uh, then and, and and football's okay. But what did he but, see? What did he see in Tomi And what did he see in Candrea? Uh, the Candrea one's interesting because. Because the Candrea hire really isn't a whole hell of mm-hmm. a lot different than the Lindsay hire right. was in terms of his background. Right. Candrea was successful at Central Arizona. Mm-hmm. So at least he he knew the area. Lindsay knew the area. You right. know, he was successful at Grand Canyon. Why why Dempsey went back to that model, I'm not necessar- I don't necessarily know what he saw in Candrea or how those conversations went down. It's an interesting question that I don't really have the answer, but... From the out, from from obviously it worked. Mm -hmm. So what was it that he saw about Candrea that was appealing? That's hard to say, you know. And uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure when and 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 let's be fair. I'm not sure when Dempsey hired Mike Candrea. That Dempsey knew he was going to hire the guy who was going to entirely change the (laughs) dynamic (laughs) of of a sport and the entire state. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I mean, mean, oh,
1: Candrea for sure. Yeah, yeah, my bad.
0: uh, Of an entire sport. So if, if you go through, and I know Mike Luke hates lists. Nobody hates <laughs> lists sure. more than Mike Luke. Right. You can make a favorable argument that Mike Andrea is the most significant coach of a sport at the University of Arizona. Not because of what he did at Arizona, which would also put him number one on that list. But what he did to change the entire sport mm-hmm. and make it much more accessible. And much more universally recognizable. Candrea is on the front lines of that, right. and I don't think Dempsey saw that coming. That that would be ridiculous—a a ridiculous level of clair, clairvoyance. Right. But uh, obviously, what? that higher. And a bunch of higher other hires that he made, from a longevity standpoint and an effectiveness standpoint, gave Arizona the foundation to be a very solid to very good athletic program. All right, let's talk Jim (laughs) Livengood now. You know Jim Livengood, you guys. I mean,
1: haven't talked to Livengood in a while. Yeah, but but, yeah, you guys know each other. We chatted quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I know Live and good better than I know all the other. Now players. again, the reason that I'm relying on you here is because you lived this. Now by Jim Livengood by this time, I'm st- Mike Luke is starting to uh, feel his oats a little bit. He's starting to figure out things that are going on. Just and again, this is from an outsider perspective, I'm going to ask you. the thing that I think Jim Livengood's best quality, I think, is that there definitely seemed during his reign, especially in the mid 90s, there seemed to be very much of a community feel at Arizona. Everybody kind of liked, you loved the basketball program. Yes, Dick Tomey drove you crazy, but you know what? People were still showing up. Arizona wasn't a joke by any means. Baseball had fallen on hard times. Candrea's at the top of the list. But it seemed like it was a happy athletic
0: department. Is that
1: fair? I think that is
0: absolutely fair. Right. Uh, and, and, and this is why, I think, oddly enough, there's this revisionist history about what said. Dempsey was partially connected to the family atmosphere that Live Live and Good have. created. Right. Dempsey wasn't a really touchy-feely guy. He was a manager who expected you to do your job. Mm -hmm. And if you did did your job, great. Live and Good was much more family-driven. Much more the university is its own community. Uh, Coaches get along. He's going to reach out, very positive, uh, check in on a lot of that. He was a much more upbeat guy. That was his approach. I think his other strength was stability. And this is the one thing that I think is undervalued in terms of the Live and Good era. Live and Good was the great stabilizer. Remember, that's a very difficult job for him to have. And he had it for 15 years. You're replacing the best athletic director in the history of the school. (laughs) Yes. And at the time... And people know it by that time. Everybody knows he's (laughs) the best athletic director in the history of the school. And is probably always going to be the best athletic director in the history of the school. Right. Okay. You're the immediate replacement for that. But Livengood was smart enough to be a stabilizer, came in with a positive attitude, his employees liked him, they performed well, and they were able to stay. It is a remarkable accomplishment that uh, for how many of the Dempsey hires stayed through the entirety of Livengood's tenure as athletic director. That is probably unusual at a lot of schools. And I think you could argue it helped to put Arizona on solid footing. One of the things that I I think is interesting here, because I know I I, I think you want to break it at about this point before you move on, is overall, Arizona has had the, the relative stability of the athletic department, that position as a whole. Arizona's had what? Four athletic directors in 40 years? 40 years. 40 or 45 years? Exactly, right. Now, I haven't looked at a lot of other schools, but that sounds like a low number based exactly. on what you would expect from that position and that's probably more often than not a pretty good thing. Now, let's talk,
1: well real quick because I got a couple other questions here. But again, one thing I don't have any questions about is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. You put in $5, the NBA is going on right now. You get $150 in free plays if you're a new customer. Make it happen. My DraftKings pick of the week is the uh Phoenix Suns to win the series against the Dallas Mavericks. How about that one right there? Okay. Now, let's talk about the end of the Jim Liven Good era because again, lot some really good things happen. We talked about. There's two things obviously that that stick out. Dick Tomey and well, let's start with Dick Tomey because there's a lot to there's a lot to unwind and we might even take this into the next podcast. Dick Tomey by 1998 Arizona's 12 and one, but in typical Dick Tomey form. He was never able to build on that. I believe that Arizona had a couple, uh, a seven and five, and a six and six. I mean, around five hundred mm-hmm. after that. And I think Tommy's last year they started five and zero or five yeah. and one and completely and collapsed. Yes, exactly. Now. Did he have any choice to get rid of Dick Tomey at that point? And the, my other question is, how in the world did he sign? Was was John Makovic or uh, was John Makovic just an overreaction to? Okay, I'm just going to get some guy who's in a suit and a tie, and he can th- he'll throw the football around. Was just yes. an overreaction.
0: I and I can't fathom that Makovic was the first choice. Right. Uh, so working your questions in reverse, uh, the John Makovic hire was disastrous. The difference was. And, and, and maybe it's just more difficult because of the dynamic of uh, the, the what could have been of Arizona football versus the what could have been of Arizona basketball. Consider, if said Dempsey doesn't make a quick move with Ben Lindsay and makes a second bad hire for a basketball coach, Arizona basketball could be a non-factor. Right. Okay? Because remember, Dempsey made a crappy hire right. with Ben Lindsay. For sure. Live and Good made a disastrous hire with John Makovic, And then I think made a good hire with Mike Stoops, mm-hmm. which – just didn't pan out right you know and and and, and so that was but you
1: could of- certainly see the reasoning and the uh, and the uh
0: mentality behind the stoops without hire. a doubt you could one way. is difficult right and that and, and and that's absolutely spot on that is it was absolutely an overreaction it probably wasn't his first choice and it was a horrendous hire uh and and you know, obviously it was a stain on, you know, Live and Good's success rate. Did he have a, you know, the obvious cop-out answer is you always have a choice. But in reality, pragmatically, the end of the Dick era was upon us, and rightfully so. Right? Uh, How you were going to navigate beyond that is something that Live and Good wasn't able to obviously
1: do well. All right, now, the end of the, uh, you know what, because this is such a fascinating topic, we're going to talk about the end of the Lute Olson era. And then we're going to talk about Greg Byrne and Dave Hickey on the next podcast. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.